Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Valentine's Day. And when I think of Valentine's Day, I think of WWE Raw and chatting with the fellas. It's at Rajgiri underscore 303, at Justin LeBarn, at Real Jack Farmer, all here to chat with you guys about all sorts of news. And I know what you guys are all thinking, and I know what you guys want to hear us talk about. So we're just going to get right into it. Raj, how was your Super Bowl? <laughs> Super Bowl. It was great, man. You know, <laughs> and guys, don't worry. We're going to get to Steve Austin here soon. We're letting everyone come on in. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was really entertaining. It was dramatic. But, it, you know, when I was watching it and, and the halftime show was to just put it over the top for me. But, you know, watching it, it just didn't feel to me like the two best teams were playing. I think a lot of that had to do with uh Odell Beckham getting injured uh, in the first half. And it just kind of, the play was not as good after that. You know, you had like, you know, an hour where it's just like no one's scoring. No one can run the ball. Uh, the play wasn't great, but it was a close game. I had a little money on it. So, you know, I had, uh, so I was at the edge of my seat. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun night. It was uh, always respect for the Vegas odd, odds makers. Jeez. Bengals plus yeah. four could not have gotten that any closer of a spread. Uh, Justin, how did you? How did you like the Super Bowl? Do anything fun? Uh no, just put out a nice, uh, put out a good spread. You know, watched it uh, on the on the big screen. We had a buffalo chicken dip with some veggies. We had a stuffed jalapeno poppers, and we had some some uh, cordon bleu sliders with the honey mustard sauce to dip them in. It was our spread. Nice. I enjoyed it. Um, it, it's funny though there's some people that watch this podcast that don't watch raw and the way they just heard this open up and then raj goes don't worry we're going to talk about Austin in a minute there are people right now that are probably going oh my god what did Austin theory do or, or stone cold steve Austin did what tonight it's like so i love the cliffhanger that we already uh set up for this podcast um super bowl was fun uh always a good spectacle i was rooting for the Bengals. i wanted to see joe burrow i think i think he's got a good story i think he's a good person and you know, that counts for something i guess um you know, my, my parlay would have hit if the Bengals just would have won. I, if I, that money line would have hit, I had everything else. And I, you know, just so. Yeah, my same game hit. My same game hit. I had the uh, the Bengals, I mean, uh, the Rams winning outright. And then I had uh, Rams uh, winning by one to six points. So that one, that one did pretty well. I was hope I was definitely hoping the Bengals won. I uh, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I want no goodness for the Rams ever, even though it, even though the whole city was celebrating around me, I was a curmudgeon. I was unhappy about it. <laughs> it, it is pretty cool uh, here. You know, obviously, I live here in Pittsburgh, as most people know now. And uh, Aaron Donald is from Pittsburgh. He went to high school here in Pittsburgh. He went to University of Pitt for college ball. So um, his family still here. He has, he has you know, uh, other family members that are playing football. So uh, he's really big per- part of the the community here. So it's it's been a big kind of celebration day around here if you're uh, if you're in Pittsburgh for you know, a local guy who is on top of the football world right now. Speaking of the Super Bowl, the WWE kind of had their hands all over it in a lot of places. You had uh, the WWE Hall of Famer Nikki Bella appeared in the Super Bowl pregame show uh, alongside Terry Crews. We also got Batista in a Super Bowl commercial called Thrill Driver, which I thought was really funny. That was a good one. Uh, Titus O'Neil was there. Sasha Banks was there. Pat McAfee was doing voiceover work and doing stuff there. Uh, not to mention The Rock opened the thing. Um, this was it was kind of cool. I, I always think to myself, this is and and, and just want to let you talk on this. When WWE says they want stars, these are this is why they talk about that, right? 
Yeah, I mean they, uh, you know, they they look at themselves. They truly believe it. You know, they pro wrestling is is what settles the conflict. A pro wrestling ring is where they settle their conflict. But they truly look at themselves as entertainment. They look at themselves as they build characters, and that they are not a wrestling show. They're there for something for everybody. Hence the you know the expansion and the reality shows and such they've done. Uh, yeah, and this is I mean this is Super Bowl is the biggest. You know, it's the biggest. Um, sporting event in in the u.s each year by far by pretty much any metric you want to measure and so to have you know have their characters that they established you know that have since gone on obviously the rock being the biggest but you know to have their characters you know recognized and, and be part i mean that's that that that's i think that's vince's grand goal is he, he that, that's what he wants wb's footprint and, re- and resume to ultimately and legacy to be is to be you know drivers of the entertainment world yeah, and the Rock opening, you know, opening the Super Bowl up. He he did like a video intro. Was that that was two years ago? Um, before the Chiefs, what, what was that game? The Chiefs and uh, the one the Chiefs won. Um, but man, he he introduced Team USA at the Olympics last week, and then this week he's opening the Super Bowl actually on the field, cutting a a very WWE ish promo. He uh, he did the finally. Uh, he did all those rock mannerisms. It was like his uh, opening promo at, at the XFL, the, the very first XFL game. So yeah. It was awesome. I mean, man, th- that guy is just another level of superstar. Like, it, it, it's something we haven't seen in a long time. He's like a like Michael Jackson almost in a weird way. I always get crabby when people are like, the WWE needs stars like they had with The Rock. And the that's such an unfair comparison no, yeah. to ever be like, yeah, back in the, you know, the late 90s, they had The Rock. Well, The Rock is like, a, you're never getting The Rock again. That's not the WWE's fault that they had the greatest, biggest star <laughs> of all time in there. I mean, all time, maybe the stretch, but you know what I mean? Just right. this massive star. That's a little unfair to hold them to that bar for the rest of time now. Um, but we saw, I saw it in the chat, and again, we're going to talk about Stone Cold here in a second. If you have any questions about Stone Cold, by the way, make sure to hit us up with some of those super chats, and we'll get your conversation on the air here. But uh, Brock Lesnar was on Pat McAfee's show, and this was just a delight real, of an interview. Real quick, yeah. this is a good point. <laughs> Kyle McVeigh pointing out the owner of the XFL opening the Super Bowl for the NFL. It's that forbidden door, baby. That forbidden door is opened up in football. <laughs> and by the way, you see the rock. They made such a big deal of the Super Bowl, you know, in this gorgeous five billion dollar stadium, yeah. man made pond, and the whole scenery around it made such a big deal to go so local. You know, from obviously the musical acts uh, to you know, I mean, you know, the rocks. Hollywood is his town. He's, he's Hollywood's leading man. I, I'm seeing all this. I'm like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that WrestleMania can come here next year to that that stadium and not have the Rock in in, in the main event. I just there's they, they have to have hit that date that far out on his calendar circled. If the XFL does come back, I mean, think about how busy is, he is already. Theoretically, he could be running a football league next year. Uh, it's got to happen, but I, you know, just with his schedule, you could always see something getting in the way, but. It's got to happen because he's at that point where money like talks like him taking a day off to do WrestleMania could cost him a ton of money not working on his. other Right. Yeah. It's a money loser for him. Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy to think that WrestleMania could be a money loser. You're telling me he doesn't have a big enough staff. Somebody can't handle a few days of operations for him for the X that while he goes and, you know does yeah. the wrestling thing for a minute while well, he's a weekend warrior for once you know in you know last 10 years i was thinking watching though that stadium is going to be perfect for wrestlemania oh, yeah. it's it's it, beautiful the whole time i was like this just is built for 
a WrestleMania. This is going to be incredible. Um, but as mentioned, Brock Lesnar is on, on Pat McAfee. Great interview. Definitely check it out. Uh, but the thing that I think got uh, a little people stirred up a bit is he, he made a comment. Speaking of stars, he said, uh, I'm looking at these young kids and I don't know. Someone needs to step up. That means get over, figure out how to put effing put A's in seats, not worry about your next high spot, figure out how the hell I can be different. Like, how can I make money? That's it. That's the business. Uh, this is kind of an argument you see happen a lot from the older wrestlers to the the newer wrestlers. Uh, Justin, I, I want to start with you on this one. It, if I'm honest, it sounds like he's talking about the difference between NXT black and gold versus NXT 2.0. Maybe I didn't really even think of that that from that angle. Uh, I I just thought about like you know John Cena's had something similar to say. I think last summer he said like you know they got to start building the future. And I think like what Brock's saying makes a ton of sense. Like I mean obviously it makes sense. And he he got he got into it as like you know stop worrying about your next high spot. And then you know kind of like you know kind of that that argument we hear like it's not about how many you know four fifty flip a dudes. Like it's it's connecting with the audience, having a character. That all being said, I I think Brock's I think. I agree with him, but I think also I, to play devil's advocate, if I'm, you know, if I'm average wrestler um, on the indie scene or even average wrestler that's in the locker room in WWE, you know, your response to that's probably, well, yeah, dude, we all don't look like you. We all don't ha-, you know, like, you know, Brock obviously is a gifted athlete with his look, with with the fact that he had the balls to bail on Vince very young in his career after being signed a lot of money and, and go do ufc and 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 shine in ufc like so then that made him a whole other level of a star and level of credibility for him to come back in 2012 so like it's like yeah what brock's saying makes sense they need to make new stars and that's a, that's a big conversation we constantly have but I, again i can see somebody in the locker room being like yeah but you you have a, a, a once in a, you know a generational look and ability and oh also by the way you've gotten to the point where you could you can do whatever you want you know, he probably did that media interview today. I don't. I doubt that he cleared it with the WWE PR office. I think he was in Indy and he just stopped by because he's Brock Lesnar and he's friends right. with Pat McAfee. Like, you know, most wrestlers, are like you know, we don't have that relationship with the company and that 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 push so or that pull. So I, I think what Brock's saying is certainly rings true, but I I think it's not always that easy. You know, the company has to also set help the talent get in a position to get over. So. Yeah, and, and Raj, just to clarify my, my comment a second ago, uh, what I mean is, I guess the black and gold brand was always known for being the high work rate, big matches, big moves, big spots, where 2.0 is kind of the opposite. It is just, let's get star power, let's get characters, let's get interesting out there. Um, and that's why I make that comparison there. But what are your thoughts on on the his, his is he right? Is he wrong? Is there a middle ground? I mean, I think he's right in some ways. I, I do think when you're concentrating more on moves than character and promos, um, you know, you, you got to have both. But I, I do think at times it gets people get too caught up with the moves and the work rate. When you when you really look at the numbers and what's really moving numbers, it's the big stars. It's the storylines, whether it's AEW or WWE. Um, so in that sense, I agree with them. But on the other hand, they are so scripted now that, you know, which is something he didn't have to deal with when he came in and, you know, a, a rock or a stone cold, they could cut their own promos back in the day and they could work on their character and really uh, spend time, you know, focusing on that. Whereas now you're giving a script, you're kind of given what your character is, what it, you know, what your character does. So there, there's a lot more um, limitations and handcuffs that 
as they didn't have before. But you see, you know, you could break through like a Roman Reigns. I mean, he is just on another level right now. Uh, outside of the Brock, he's the biggest star in the company. I, you know, I think Ronda is more well known. Obviously, she's a she's a huge superstar outside of wrestling. But I think in wrestling, as far as who's moving numbers in wrestling, uh, you know, Roman is bigger than than Ronda. So, you know, but he's been given a lot of opportunities too. So, right. You know, it, it's it's a tough one. It, it's you know, making stars is not easy, and uh, and when you're so scripted and you're not able, you know, to really find your own voice, it, it can be that much harder. It is harder than it sounds, I think, to just suddenly be a character because, yeah, you are told what to do. You can only do so much. But um, but it is interesting. And, it, you know, the, the, the conversation of they need to build stars is always happening. I do find myself thinking, though, I don't remember there ever not being stars in WWE. They always seem to find a way to make it work. Um, but I think I think our chat has waited long enough, guys. Let's let's talk about it. News broke during Raw. It sounds like WWE is going to throw a ton of money at uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin to make a return for WrestleMania. Uh, I have not had a chance to read this specific report myself. Uh, is it, uh, Raj, is this still something that's in the air or is this finalized? Is it happening? It's not finalized. It's not official yet. It's not official until they announce it, but... You know, the way uh, it, this was from Fightful, the way it was reported, it seems like it's pretty much a, a done deal that he's going to be wrestling. Um, I mean, I think everyone expected that he was going to be doing something at that show. You know, Kevin Owens has been running down Texas and saying he's not going to be on the WrestleMania card. So I've, I was thinking that meant that it was going to be like an Undertaker, John Cena thing where Kevin Owens, you know, is running down Texas at the show and then Steve Austin's music hits and he comes and, and gives... Owens the stunner and beats the hell out of him. But, you know, for something like that, you can't really sell tickets ahead of time. And with this, with a match, you can. And, you know, that's a huge stadium. They're trying to do two nights in a row. Uh, you've got one mega match with, you know, Brock and Roman. And that's not enough for two nights. So an Austin match the other night, I mean, that's gigantic. And, you know, he hasn't wrestled since, what, 2001 was his yeah, last match? 2000, 2003. 2003 might get my bet. Yeah. Um, his last match with The Rock at WrestleMania. They almost brought him back for a match against Jonathan Coachman in 2005. And then Austin balked at the at the last minute. But, man, I mean, it's gigantic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the way I agree, Raj, the way that it was reported, um, you know, and I was watching social media and, you know, in, you know fight, they're talking, they, they were saying basically like if, if we didn't report it, it was going to get reported, right. which that tells me that that means whenever this happened, and I even go back to like the CM Punk in the summer, whenever that happens, that means that there's been enough motion that's going mm -hmm. on behind closed doors that something's going on. Again, it's never official until it happens with pro wrestling on TV, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm so torn at this because, you know, the most common thing we all get asked, you know, if we meet other fans or what have you, who's your favorite wrestler? That's like the most, you know, or what's your favorite match? All the, 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 the common questions, right? My easy go-to is I'd say Stone Cold. You know, um, my first Mania was Mania 17, him and Rock, or the heel turn. Like, I mean, I just have so many memories of Stone Cold. So, like, I'm so torn because I have fantasy booked his one-off WrestleMania return for the last 15 years of, like, you know, at a point we thought maybe a CM Punk is a situation and whatever. All, all the, you know, John Cena. Would it be great to see a Cena versus Austin, you know, flag bearers of the generation? 
But at the same time, it's like you look at 03. He granted they didn't get to market it because they didn't really know. He kind of kept it close to the vest with his health at the time. But his last match was going out, doing the job, looking up at the lights against his arch rival, The Rock, who at the time was just the top guy in wrestling. Never, no, nobody knew he was going to go over and take over uh, entertainment. Uh, he goes out losing to The Rock. Like you can't write a better end to the story. And he's resisted the 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 you know he's done referee special enforcer all kinds of stuff he's done the mania payday for that but he is held strong in not doing a match so now it's just hard for me to wrap my mind around that in 2022 at 57 years old granted he is a good looking 57 year old dude in terms of uh, it seems like he's in, in, in really solid shape it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that he's gonna finally give in now for that and then it's like all right well if you're if that is gonna happen there's two routes to go there's the route of you find the biggest, sexiest, jam-packed marquee possible, and that's when you start throwing out, like, do you get Goldberg for one more match? Do that that 90s dream match? Do you, you know, even though Brock coincidentally said he never got to work Steve today in that interview, I don't see that happen. You know, do you pull out, like, a crazy-ass other legend name? Or, no, go the other route and make somebody. Make a star. Brock Lesnar's talking about make a star. Find an Austin Theory. Find somebody who you're immediately going to go. Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming out of retirement. He's facing who? And now you're going to know who that new person is. No disrespect to Kevin Owens. And while Owens uses the stunner and he did start cutting promos tonight, so it seems like that's where this is going, no disrespect to Kevin Owens. But I feel like Kevin Owens is probably at least halfway, if not on the second half, the back nine of his WWE career. And I don't know if a match against Stone Cold Steve Austin, while that's forever going to be great on a Kevin Owens resume that he got Austin out of retirement, you would have to book it in some really special way for it to elevate Kevin Owens to Roman Reigns type stick, you know, the status of a guy that's going to carry the company. I don't know. I, I just don't know if I agree. If you're going to get Austin back, that's the best opponent. I would literally go, I, I would find the youngest youthful guy that has the full potential. And who better than the guy that Vince McMahon is whispering in his ear every week? The only thing with that is, you know, you got Austin versus Austin, but. Does that sell as many tickets? Because if this is being done to sell tickets um, for, you know, you know, potentially 100,000 seats for, you know, yeah. for that night or, you know, whatever it is after the stage, uh, you know, Stone, Steve Austin versus Austin Theory, that's not really the, I know, it, you know, the money match. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think Owens versus Austin is either. Uh, I do think that Austin could have it go out and have a good match with Owens. I think they could have. Uh, you know, a, a false count anywhere, or, you know, some sort of no DQ step that they could use a lot of tricks and, and fight outside the ring and, and do a bunch of brawling uh, where you, you're not taking, you know, that many bumps or it's not dangerous. You know, a Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar, I think that would be a huge match, gigantic. But, you know, Austin <laughs> wrestled in 20 years and his neck and he, I can't see him taking a German, much less, you know, yeah. uh, going to Suplex City. So, that would be in my, you know, if, if you look at potentially who the guys are out there that you could probably bring back or who you could have them face, Roman Reigns, you know, Steve Austin versus Roman Reigns, Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar, Steve Austin versus John Cena. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Steve Austin versus Goldberg. Again, I, I think the time is kind of the ship has sailed on that one. I don't think it feels like a, a dream match like it did 10, 15, even 10, 15 years ago. But um, I, I will say, yeah, the type of match he does, and I mean, like, yeah, you're right. Like Austin, when after he after he hurt his neck and his knees, ironically, when he was on the meteoric rise, he no longer, you know, did the great work 
matches that he did with like Bret Hart. Austin got Stone Cold Steve Austin as prime got limited to punches, kicks, stomps in the corner, Luthes press, and a stunner. That was that. Uh, but that's all you need because he had so much magic. And you're right. He, he, even after, yeah, even after getting dropped on his head by Owen, he didn't let he didn't take Germans after that. He didn't let guys take. There were certain moves he would not take because of the risk, and he and he wasn't gonna you know lose out on the investment that he was made in him. So I yeah I mean I agree like the type of match like you know Austin Theory would probably be kind of limited because because Stone Cold Steve Austin's only gonna want to do certain things. So I mean I agree it would have to be a brawl kind of thing, but I just I have a hard time wrapping my head around it. Stone Cold Steve Austin after probably turning down all the different creative options that have been thrown at him in the last fifteen years that he's that that some truckload of money's finally been backed up that's the right amount. I'd also, I'd also think that that has to be the right creative. I mean, is this the right creative? Kevin Owens is just calling out Texas. That's... It reads to me like Austin probably requested Kevin Owens. You, you, you know, he likes him. Yeah. You know, he, he let, you know, Owens asked Austin for his permission to use the stunner. Um, so it almost seems like that was Austin's request. I mean, you know, Austin with someone like an AJ Styles or someone like that, he's going to have a good match because they can have a good match with anyone. Austin, all he needs to do is the basics. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think I, I, already you see some negativity online and that's, that's just the internet, but this is yeah. when it's happening. Huge. That's a huge moment and that's going to be gigantic. And this is business. And that's, I'm assuming they pulled it off and it really sounds like they did. That's, probably the biggest uh wrestlemania story uh wrestlemania wrestler uh a comeback in ever maybe possibly yeah um yeah i mean in the in the chat stellar justin lopez says this would have to end up being a squash match if it happens i can't see austin at 57 taking a bump after all these years uh, to your guys's point i know it doesn't sell tickets quite the same but I can imagine KO coming out and just ripping Texas and getting the crowd against him. Stone Cold's music hits. Everyone loses their mind, and he just hits a stunner, catches some beers, says what a couple times. Well, that's and like starts off the show on like a super high note. But that's not. But that's not what this report is 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 winking to. That they did that. I mean, you know, when they were in Dallas last time, you know, Austin, uh, Sean, and um, uh, Foley. It came out and did the thing with the new day, or be, well, they beat up the axes of evil and then they beat up the new like so. Like, they, they've done the Austin come out and do that routine, Jack. This is hinting towards we are going to market main event and sell tickets to the one night only return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I just, oh, yeah. which it, it, I mean, which is that's I mean, that's that's, that's and that's a trickle down effect. That's gonna be huge for WWE, that's gonna be huge for wrestling in this podcast because it's just gonna be a ripple effect of traffic and conversation for the next uh, two months. I just hope that. Once it's all said and done, like once once I'm on here uh, with with hopefully you guys after WrestleMania is done, I just hope that we're not looking at this like, okay, this is HBK and Saudi. We're all just gonna pretend it didn't happen and pretend that his last match was still HBK and Saudi. I don't remember that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, but but there is that, and that's the thing with using using someone like KO is HBK and Saudi. He was teaming with uh, Triple H against. Undertaker and Kane. Who blew a muscle out. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Who blew a muscle out. Kane is a mayor. (laughs) Sean Sean had to do the work. He had to carry the match. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's a very different story. Taker also, you know, that was against Goldberg. When Taker came back, he teamed with Roman against Drew and uh, was it Shane McMahon, I think? And that match was really good. I'm sorry. What's up? 
I was going to say, you guys are missing what uh, could be a really great match that I think could deliver in all cases. And, and actually, Raj, you alluded to it. Stone Cold versus AJ Styles. And AJ Styles' signature match, the Boneyard. <laughs> That's not selling tickets, doing a thematic, you know, cinematic match. That would be the worst. I'd love it, but it would be the worst way to have him. <laughs> Uh, wrestling enthusiast asked personally, do you guys see it happening? Uh, I think that if it's gotten this far in the news cycle, that de something's definitely cooking. Cause I think especially like places like Fightful, they're not going to report something this big willy nilly just to get clicks. Like, I, I do think the timing of it too. Um, they're starting to big push for tickets for WrestleMania this week. They were offering two for one today. So it seems like they're not upset that this is out there. Yeah, and it is interesting that this was the night that Kevin Owens took, started taking tons of shots at uh, Texas. Yeah, and they were doing that. They were doing that poll on WWE.com. Like, do you believe that Kevin Owens, you know, hates Texas? And it's like, what? What is this? Why does? Why is? Why are we doing this? Why does anyone care? And then when once that came out, it's like, ah, I yeah. Yeah, so I think I think something something's gonna happen there. And you know, I, I say it with everyone else, I say it with Goldberg, I'll say it with Undertaker. If they want to come back, I'm here for it. You're always welcome back with Jack Farmer. I want to see the legends. Bring them to me. You never know when it's the last time. So let me have another legend. Like I said, I'll be happy if he comes out and hits a stunner. That'd be fine. I'd be happy happy fine with that. But we'll yes. see how we'll see how it goes. I don't think it'll flop. I think that Austin's too smart. And he's going to be facing someone that he can he can work with. Yeah, Austin's timeless. Austin is always going to work, just like a hand painted portrait of somebody you love. When I heard about PaintYourLife.com, I thought, what a great idea for a gift for birthdays, anniversaries, and weddings. But I figured it must be expensive, but not so. I went and I had it done with my for my mom and dad. In fact. Mama, mama and, and Papa Farmer right here. My camera's too close. I look just like my dad. There's my mom. He's got a good head of hair on him. Yeah, it, run, it runs to the family. Keeps. <laughs> so, um, but it, really great. They they don't know that this is coming yet. They're, I'm going to give that to him as a gift eventually. I'm waiting for the right time. But it was super easy to do. You literally just send the photo. Then they work with you via message, messenger super fast super easy super affordable it's a professional hand painted portrait created from any photo and a truly affordable price you can combine photos uh you can choose from the different artists it's like i said it's user friendly i'm an idiot and i figured it out totally blown away by this raj i know you've done it as well but i want everyone to go and check it out at paintyourlife.com there's no risk if you don't love the final painting your money is refunded, it's guaranteed, and now as a limited time offer, you get 20% off of your painting. That's right, 20% off, and it's free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word WRESTLING to 64000. That's WRESTLING to 64000. Text WRESTLING to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply available at paintyourlife.com slash turn terms again wrestling to 64,000 
Jack, did you did you smarten your parents up that they were going to be used nope. as the promo? They have, they have no idea that they're promo <laughs> material right now. They're going to be invoicing Raj tomorrow <laughs> morning. Nope. Once again, I've shown this before. Here's mine with that yeah. I did with my family's hanging up. Does your family know that they're being used for a promo? They don't. <laughs> I, I, I love that you totally just sideswiped your parents by getting a painting done to them so you can hawk it on, on the podcast. So I can hawk it on the podcast and uh, and then still look like a, when I give it as a gift eventually, I will look like I'm very thoughtful as well. It's a, it's a double header, you guys. It's brilliant. By the way, the frame, the frame came with, I got the frame there too. I didn't have to do anything. I just sent him a picture and now I look like I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm a thoughtful son. And when you send a picture, they, they'll come back and send you a proof. So if there's any alterations that need to be made or anything you don't feel is quite right, they'll fix it. Yeah, it's. I was blown away by how easy it was. Very cool. You guys got to check it out. Uh, text wrestling 64,000. Um, in the chat, David uh, Montalvo says Sami Zayn would do great on a promo against Austin. I I think so. That'd be fun. I think he's I I, I love Sami Zayn, but I feel like that might be little big for Sami's britches right now. Well, Sami, they've got Johnny Knoxville. It's clear oh, you're right. So he's up there with the big guys. Yeah, yeah. It's clear <laughs> that's where they're headed. I don't think that needs the Intercontinental title, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I'm sure, again, I think, didn't Johnny Knoxville say he had a brain hemorrhage recently? Ooh. I didn't yeah, see like that, last but... year. Like, well, I think while they were filming Jackass, so. Hey, if Austin can put aside his knees and neck, Johnny Knoxville can suck it up. All right. Yeah, he's got to pay a lot of dues very fast to be the Intercontinental Champion, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike in the chat says, Theory gets no reaction every week. Owens does. Yeah, I mean, a, a KO, I mean, KO does get a, a, a good – I mean, he definitely is in, like, the – if I had to make a top 10 of, of active WWE talent, he's in the top 10 of who gets a natural reaction. So, again, I, I don't I don't want to, like – I said earlier, I was like, you know, no disrespect to KO. I mean, like, I, it's more or less just, like, where he's at in his career. Again, he's going to be – I think he's going to be 38 in a couple months. So I'm just – I'm thinking to myself, like, if you're using Austin and, like – I just hope it, I hope the I hope, I hope there's some rub that translates, even if that means for the next three years and KOs, you know, a main eventer for the next three years, and they get three years of main events out of him, and he's been in the main event before. But like, I just hope that the I just want the rub to translate. If, if this ends up being the biggest thing for KO and whatever, that's great. I have nothing against Kevin Owens. I like Kevin Owens. I just hope the rub translate translates because like you're you're getting this guy to if this guy's coming out of retirement since out, <laughs> after holding out for this long. I just want it to translate into something. It's got to mean something. What if it's really just a setup for Roman to beat the tar out of Austin and just elevate Roman even higher into the stratosphere? Because yeah, I mean, that's taking... a big, I mean, clearly they're going Roman and Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to break away from those plans, but it's two nights. What if he beats them both? Back what, to back. What if? Uh, all right, here's another. Again, we can we can fantasy book because the most f- crazy fantasy thing might be coming to, to life here very shortly, and that's Austin. Oh, no, uh, oh, that's got to be live, Jack. Um, Austin, Randy Orton. Again, hit a marquee. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. Like they they obviously put off having Randy and Riddle split. Yeah, Austin, Randy. Randy could work a safe match with them. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. Randy's a legend killer, so it 
pull that. No, I'm, I'm trying to think of names. That, like, what, what, what if you did this? What if you did kind of WrestleMania 10 style, where you kind of similar, where you had Austin versus Goldberg on night one, Roman versus Brock on night one. The two winners go off face square square off on night two. I love that because you have something advertised, but then you still have an element of surprise. I like that. Yeah, yeah I'd, I love that. That'd be great. For the title, for the universal title. And do it in a boneyard. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, this is a good one here in the chat. I think this is, this is another one we forgot it when I'm saying, like, forget about Sean and Saudi. What about this? What did Corbin get retiring Kurt Angle from, uh, from Deconductor? I mean, mm. DC Conductor. That's another one we kind of gloss over, that Kurt Angle's career ended by Baron Corbin. He is undefeated yeah. now as Happy Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> good stat. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no kidding. That was a waste. I, I th- that was one of those where, I, you know, I would keep saying that, like, this seems like a total waste. This is nothing on Corbin, but he just, he wasn't ready to get the rub. And they could have used that to really build someone else. And, and they did. It felt like they were trying to stack him up with a bunch of little accolades. And then they just sort of fell short on going all the way with it. Cause that was when he was, he was winning king of the ring he was retiring kurt angle he was doing a lot of things that were like little accolades that felt like they were going to build up to something and then they just stopped i think there's a mechanical spider involved somewhere uh, <laughs> <laughs> michael the virus thing hbk versus austin i'd watch that rematch i would but i wouldn't i don't think i'd like it <laughs> yeah it would start off fun and then not be fun by the end of the match. I'll tell you what, Sean, Sean Michaels without the hair, it's just not the same. Yeah, he's he, he's not the heartbreak kid. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, if Austin does come back, if this is the, if this is the return, if it's happening, that's going to make for a hell of a uh, documentary on Peacock that we'll get to see. Oh yeah. Oh, if yeah. they do it, <laughs> I mean, oh, they're going to be dropping the ball in all these documentaries. They don't if they don't if they don't do a WWE twenty four seven on Stone Cold coming out of retirement. I mean, then we we've. Then what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I mean they get they get nothing out of this peacock deal. I think it shows. I mean, they get their fixed money, but they don't get anything by any extra subs or anything. So then make it then 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 edit it into a five part documentary special that spans five weeks and put it on Tuesday in replacement of NXT. Yeah. No, they I'm sure they, will. they did one for Goldberg, right? They did didn't they do Goldberg at uh, or something on there? A documentary that just came out recently. I would be okay with them doing pieces to documentaries on Raw. I mean, a live audience would hate it, but like... I I said when, uh, you know, because obviously Raw being three hours and the problem with the third hour always down is is that's that's been happening for years. When the Undertaker Last Ride thing came out, I said, I was like, take the Last Ride again, edit it up and like, you know, have that, you know, put that as a two or three part premiere and let that just be the final hour of Raw. Again, like, you know, live crowd, give them the, like, let Raw be... East Coast time, eight to ten, and let the last hour just be on USA, just with commercials. The, the releasing of that documentary, like that stuff, I think that stuff would do. It wouldn't. I don't think it would do any worse than what the third hour tends to do with with Monday Night Raw. I think you'd actually get more people interested in that kind of stuff. Personally, didn't they? I thought during the pandemic they did air one of those documentaries. I think it was Last Ride uh, think, that yeah. they aired, and the rating wasn't that good for it. Oh, what do I know? Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was also. But I think it was also very early in the pandemic, so like right. the the content of what you saw in the two hours leading up to it was in the performance center. I mean, it's not like you had right. But I, I think, or even the first hour raw, you you put in, you know, you air twenty minutes of the documentary each week, and then you know, splice it with NXT matches, some other stuff where it's not 
an hour of raw, but it's getting you ready and it's it's got interesting content, I think. Uh, uh, you know, well, that'd be better than what we got now. Oh, exclusive news insider says the only guy to me who looked legitimate enough to go over Brock to me was Joe. He was freaking believable and badass. WWE dropped the ball on him. I don't know anyone who says Joe's not great, but I don't think he should have beaten Brock though. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I think I, I, you have to, you know, be kind of in that main event picture for a while i think to earn a victory over brock i guess drew they didn't do that but um he, he eh, felt like know. he was on the verge for a while though when he won like it wasn't a shock that he beat brock it wasn't right. like whoa this guy came out of nowhere and beat brock uh because right. i think but, a lot of people say you build a star that way but i feel it's there's differences between big wins and like beating brock lesnar you know like yeah well and the thing with samoa joe is like comments like this and fans of his like they all are they all are saying that based upon what he accomplished prior to WWE based upon Ring of Honor and based upon TNA he just never could get any momentum on the main roster and some of injury he just he, he just never really got that like if in that time we of course know when you go to WWE you for the for the most part you have to kind of even AJ Styles AJ came in was a big deal but like AJ earned his keep and, and and won Vince over and you know has solidified himself as a he'll be a WWE Hall of Famer like but when you go in WWE like whatever you did prior you have to start over you have to earn it up earn it mm -hmm. there and like I, I just don't think that Joe ever fully earned what he, maybe he was capable of and again I'm sure injuries played a, a factor in that so. You know, that one main event match, I mean, that's what Joe got. But, like, Joe just doesn't – he just never got that credibility in the WWE's eyes, I don't think. Yeah, those injuries really hurt him because anytime he seemed like he was starting to get on a, a bit of a roll, he he got injured. So, yeah. But I, I agree. He, he, he Joe could pull it off as far as, you know, giving that uh, aura of invincibility. Yeah. He was, he was really good at that. Really one of the best on the mic, I think, when it yeah. comes to that. But uh, Matthew Tech says, what's up, boys? Hope y'all have been well. Did you guys – oh, it jumped. Did you guys catch Lesnar on Pat McAfee pod? Gold, misdraw tonight. Have they announced the Hall of Fame headliner? Uh, we chatted about Brock a little bit earlier on in the show. I think that's a fun interview. I think everyone should go check it. It was awesome. I was hearing Brock do a Stone Cold impression, and it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm so glad. Like, I'm so glad Brock did that interview. Like, it's a very loose, obviously, kind of feel format on Pat show. Like, other than like Howard Stern, like, because Brock was able to cuss, he was able to, he was right. so relaxed. And not that you need to curse, but you could tell that like he was just comfortable. He was being funny. He was with the, he was, you know, it was kind of, you know, that Pat's show is kind of like a, like a fraternity, you know, right. like a fraternity dorm. So, like, you get, there's inside jokes. There's a lot of, so like he just looked like he was having so much fun. Brock did it from from the cowboy hat to, you know, he reflected on the business to talk, talking about his, you know, the, the his farming and like I mean, and Brock does no media. Brock does not yeah. do media. Um, very few far in between WrestleMania row has he done a little bit of media over the time, but like he just does not do it. So to get him for almost an hour, just unfiltered in a comfort space with another former NFL player and just somebody who he knows like yeah if you if you didn't see it go ch go check it out cuz it, it's up there with the you know Last like right. so like yeah it's up there with like the undertaker out of character just being Mark Calloway Brock reminds me of undertaker in that way in yeah. the sense that it's fascinating seeing him out of character you know yeah. like 
just being himself. He, he, and to Justin's point, like Brock did that Stone Cold Sessions, and that still he was he seemed a little guarded. You know, yeah. he he didn't seem like he, he seemed like he was being interviewed. Yeah, Whereas right. this, he was just having a blast. It seemed like he was hanging out with his friends. So, and one of the funniest, one of the funniest part, it's not going to like make the headlines because obviously the headlines are going to be what he said about needing to make stars. And right. one of the funniest parts, if you check it out, is uh, Pat brings up fans being crazy enough to jump the barricade, and Pat brings up the fan that 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 <laughs> that, that tackled Seth Rollins a couple months ago, and and Brock's response of daring somebody to do it. I can't. I can't. The timing and and and, and fl- the timing and if you look and the, the cameras on Brock, the timing and what his face of when he said, "I fucking dare somebody." Like it was just like Pat lost it. It was just a a huge huge pop. So go I, check. I, I got to read this quote uh, yeah. from from Lesnar. He was asked about being on people's Mount Rushmore as a pro wrestler. This was his answer. I don't care or give a shit. I'm serious. Like I don't give a f if I'm in the Hall of Fame or not. I've done what I did. I don't care. I don't care if I'm leaving a legacy behind. What I do care is, you know, I'm a good person, a good dad, and all that stuff. That's important to me. Uh, so <laughs> Brock is just, just he's the only one. He's the only person under WWE contract that would say that. Yeah, yeah. and I love him for it. I, <laughs> I, I love Brock Lesnar. I've loved him for a long time. I'm glad more people are starting to appreciate Brock Lesnar. It's funny how people hated him for so long. Uh, I guess because he was only part-time as they say but uh he's so great i'm i i love him um in the chat uh jody shauna <laughs> jenkins says always wanted to see el torito slash brock okay, so, <laughs> uh i'm a number and then exclusive news insider says i'm a number one brock fan by the way i don't know i am i'm the head broccoli around there's here a lot of, there's he's a lot of brock insider. fans here i fly with the brock flock uh, so we got Mac D, Mike D in the chat saying, is Bam Bam Bigelow ever going into the Hall of Fame? He will. They had plans for him to go a few years ago, and then, you know, things got changed around. But he will for sure. Someone, one uh, of that super chat, they were asking about when are they going to announce the headliner. It's not that important this year because the Hall of Fame is just right after SmackDown, so they don't have, they need to sell tickets. That's going to sell out regardless. So... I, I, I'm sure I don't, you know, probably next week, but yeah. there's which, no, there, they don't need to do it early like they've done in the past. Which to that point, Raj, I mean, everybody, I think we all feel that it seems like his career's done, The Undertaker, and you're in Dallas. Like, it feels like this would be the year, like, for all those reasons. But like you just said, wouldn't you want the year you put The Undertaker in to be able to, like, to be able to get a payday out of that and sell out an arena for Hall of Fame? And if, like, that's not going to happen... Like I mean, yeah, it ensures your SmackDown tape being sold out. But like, right. like, what I'm what I'm basically getting at: Do they actually hold off on putting Taker in and wait until they can orchestrate a year like in LA or something where they have a separate event? Like, do they hold it off? Or what if they did his induction? You got two nights of WrestleMania. What if they did his induction at mm-hmm. WrestleMania? Yeah. So you do all the others. It'd be kind of weird doing all the others at SmackDown, but you know, he he's. He's big enough that he could do that, you know, and that's that's a special thing. Well, like, so, I mean, what? So, like, he just comes, like, this designated time where he just comes out on the, the entrance way and just cuts the acceptance. In the speech. ring, you know, sure, Vince. Ring, yeah. yeah, Vince cuts promo or Kane or Vince and Kane. Uh, and maybe a few other people have him in the ring, call him out, do the whole thing. It's that's 30 not, minutes. That's not a bad call. You know, we're sitting here talking about how they have to sell two nights. Yeah. And you're gonna bring in Austin to sell tickets. That would be a ticket mover there. 
The Undertaker was in the Hall of Fame on night one. and Plus, you could get a sick entrance for him, too. One final yeah. cool Undertaker entrance uh, with that in that arena, I think it would look great. Yeah, because it never sat well that he went out in front of a bunch of screens, you know, with the yeah. Thunderdome. Yeah, that doesn't count. And I'm sure if he gets inducted this year, he'll be on Raw on Monday night and do a speech like they did with Warrior. Um, so, yeah. Do a spin with uh, Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> uh jake mcdonald says not to be negative but i assure you wwe has given zero thought uh to how this can elevate ko it's about getting austin on the marquee for ticket sales it's probably true no you're, he's not wrong i'm just sitting here trying to be op- i'm trying to yeah. i'm trying to be progressive and like all right let's let's figure out a way to make this matter the next day and not right. just you know. right not just get a night of ticket sales. Yeah. I mean, if you're Kevin Owens, though, too, even if they do say the match is going to be one like one minute, you're going to get stunned and then done. Well, I think and, even if you're KO, you're like, that's still kind of cool. Well, again, but but to Jack, to that point, actually, Jack, that's, that's a good point. You bring up, okay, what is a match? Like, if, if it is, if KO and Stone Cold is the most realistic, okay, so what's the match? It's not going to be a 30 minute classic, but I don't think that they can get because if you have Austin coming back, that has to end one of the nights right you you don't you're not going to ask anything to go out and follow austin's return entrance and return match so this has to end one of the nights one or night one or night two so you can't you can't just do a one minute like it, this there, well there will have to be a little bit of drama there'll have to be a little bit of something you know back to what raj and i were saying earlier if it has like a street fight component to it you can you know, fight around the you know you can do things to kind of mask uh austin's limitations or whatever they might be uh but yeah it can't be a minute there has to be or, or, or ko has to you know enlist help and and and, and people are you know and austin's running through gauntlet or, or or you do like a sting triple h thing from 31 where ko's got Sami Zayn and people coming at his behalf and all of a sudden austin's got sean you know people from his era sean michael shows up and super kick somebody like you you do a lot of uh, gaga to to mask you would have to do something to at least fill 10 to 15 minutes beyond entrances to make it the the final thing that ends the night you can't just do a, a squash kind of like sting and triple h right yeah. yeah yeah well we're uh 45 minutes into the show fellas <laughs> we talk about a little bit of monday night raw just the headlines just the headlines we just don't gotta headlines. Go. so um <laughs> Uh, before we get in there, though, I always, as always, I like to say thanks to everyone who has joined us in the live chat. Uh, Tim Mickles, Rocky uh, Bea, uh, Azel Pompas, uh, Brusta Green, Killer Styles, Michael the Virus. Uh, all you guys, everyone, and even the names I'm, I'm not getting to, thanks so much for joining us live. Also, thank you for everyone who watches later and listens to the audio versions. Like, comment, share, subscribe, five star reviews. Uh, you know what to do. Uh, I guess the we'll, we'll kind of just fly through some of the bigger topics here, uh, and we'll start with um, the uh, as I'm scrolling through bigger big topics. This is what I'm going to have to scrub through the show a little bit for. But uh, I, I guess I think it is important to just mention out the uh, the opening segment. We get all the guys who are real quick. Be- I'm sorry, I just one second. Someone put a pretty cool idea on here where Ko goes on a live Stone Cold podcast, gets offended by the questions and snaps. That would be kind of a cool thing to do is if you did a broken skull session sessions and then it just got really heated and ended up with even it doesn't have to be a, a physical, but a KO walking away. That would be kind of a make it shoot style and look real. I think be, that would have been kind of cool. Would that sort of solely the uh, 
the visual of like broken school sessions going forward everyone thinks it's all just a, a work well there is that there is that problem yeah because I, I think I, I think all since podcast I, I know he doesn't do the um i don't think he does a podcast one dealing where i think it's just now it's just these specials for for WWE. I, I mean i think he's like i always say that he's like the howard stern of WWE or of like pro wrestling interviews meaning like howard stern could always get like people to open up Austin's a really good interviewer, and I, I think that I think that would actually damage the credibility if they turn it into a storyline bit. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, because his are good. I think because when you're being interviewed by him, like you have to open up. He's like the best. Yeah. You know, you you can't act like you're too cool to answer to Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever listen to the one when you had John Moxley on, and it, it was super awkward? Yeah, that was yeah. on the network. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. He, he basically, in so many words, kind of like called out Moxley of like, <laughs> I don't like know, lazy. I, yeah, I don't know if you're bringing your egg. <laughs> it was very awkward. Yeah, yeah. that it no one wants one. to be that guy or a girl <laughs> next time, so they're always trying to be uh, on their best behavior. Remember when he had Vince on and, and Vince pissed all the talent off as they were all watching it live <laughs> as they right. go back to the hotel and Vince is like. These talent just doesn't want to grab grab These the millennials are not grabbing the brass ring. <laughs> I know every talent is watching this going, what the hell? Yeah, that's kind of where the brass ring comment became a thing right. is from that yeah. interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we get the show started, and it's one of those things where we get all the guys who are in the elimination chamber out there together. Uh, a, a few fun moments, but I think the big moment is Austin Theory getting suplexed, and then he finally gets a selfie with Brock Lesnar. Um, any <laughs> Any takeaways from this other than just, hey, these are the guys in the main event of the show coming up? Uh, Cowboy Brock, again, he has a special kind of charisma. He's just such himself. He's just having fun. Like like he said to Pat McAfee, he, he does this because he has fun. He doesn't need to do it. He's, I mean, the paycheck's nice. but um, And then Riddle. I mean, Riddle's out there in the toga, and he's got people chanting toga. I mean, Riddle, I mean, again, as, as kind of a theme here. We're talking about making stars. Um, you know, Riddle is one that if they don't, if they don't, screw this up i mean riddle's got a lot of potential he's again age-wise and look and he's got a pretty boy face at the you know he's got a pretty he's got a pretty face but he's also got a toughness to him he's got a certain goofy comedy like he kind of can appeal to guys girls casuals hardcore um i don't know i think they do it right riddle's got a chance to be a guy that can carry them in the future um so my my youngest daughter's sold on Riddle. He waved at her last week at, at Raw, so she's <laughs> she was smitten. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought Brock was excellent in the segment. I and then when he's face to face with Lashley, that still feels like a big match. Um, I hope that it's not completely dropped after Elimination Chamber. I know they're going to pivot to Lesnar and Roman, but I hope they revisit Lashley and Lesnar uh, this summer. I could see that definitely being a WrestleMania backlash rematch. I, I, I don't get what you do, though, at Elimination Chamber with this match. You don't want to be Brock again, you know, beating him two, basically three paper, well, two pay-per-views in a row. I think Brock's just going to win it. I think that's... But then you got no titles for on Raw for... No world title on Raw? I don't know. We, like, we said with, like we said with Kevin... That's where you're... Your Damien, your Damien Priest U.S. title has to be elevated. Yeah, yeah, right. You guys are thinking so far in the future. That's never happening. Like, <laughs> who cares about all that stuff? Um, Unless they find a way to get Brock out of the match. Like, Roman comes out, just beats him up, and they fight to the back or something like that. My camera got blurry on me. Yeah, but you... Jack, your hair still looks good, even out of focus. I know. Man, still glistening. That's, it's uh, Vince, Vince McMahon watches the show, and he's hacking into my 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 
camera know what I'm saying that they're not planning for after WrestleMania. They're just thinking <laughs> about the big title for title match. But um, I will pivot to something I thought is very interesting. We had the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs. What was interesting is we had Tommaso Ciampa on Raw, and uh, we were actually getting an NXT kind of build and sales pitch here. I don't remember that ever happening on Raw before. Raj, is this something we should be expecting going forward? I thought this was kind of a big deal for them. Yeah, it definitely felt like his call-up. He's been working, you know, matches on main event, dark matches. So, you know, he's been on Raw before. He, Him and Johnny Gargano, people completely forget that they had that short run. And even they even had a WrestleMania match in the tag title match. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like he's back. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like NXT is moving more and more. Like the NXT they're doing on Tuesday is like more and more what the company wants in terms of like getting talent ready to be Monday and Friday presentable. It's just like they have they have USA. They have it's live on USA. It's like you're watching these guys and girls go through these motions. It's like you can't unsee this stuff. It's like this is the this is the NXT that they that Vince wants to get the guys right guys and girls ready, but like. It shouldn't be the TV product every Tuesday. Like I don't like, I don't know. I think they, I think they need to find a better way to fill the Tuesday that they are obligated to the USA. Whether it's two five live or last ride documentary, I just feel like it, this should not be what the live TV is every Tuesday. Absolutely, it's an important show because they need to develop new stars, so you need that. But I agree with Justin; it shouldn't be on national TV. It's hard to watch for me. You know, because and it's supposed to be because these guys, you know, learning how to cut promos, how to get out of their uh, comfort zone. So you're going to be seeing people who are super green and, you know, don't know how to work yet. And that's great. I think you should have that. It's like an OVW. And we've seen the kind of talent that OVW pulled out. But having it on a national cable um, and they don't make much money from it. So it almost it's almost better for them. Just put it on Peacock. Yeah, and like they do it in the PC for the look for TV and to have a controlled crowd, but like the, those talents need to like even if it's just a house show loop in Florida, they need to get out in front of fresh people to get different reactions because that's how they're going to learn to work. They're they're in the basically it's like a a closed set. The crowd is you know essentially told you know applause now, boo now, right. boo now. It's, mm-hmm. it's not it's not conducive to what they're going to experience when they're in Indianapolis one week, they're in St. Louis the next week on Raw or SmackDown. So yeah, I mean, this NXT thing is fine, but it, yeah, it's not, it's, this is not, I don't know. It's not good for them for TV. Right. There's a handful of people I think are pretty good, but they, they just end up standing out like the stars and everyone else looks like, what are they doing? Um, oh, there's guys that are, that I can see becoming big stars in NXT. It's just, uh, it's just as as a product, should NXT, you know, be where it is. It does feel like they definitely make it up as they go over there, which I guess is, <laughs> you know, you could say that maybe that's getting them ready for the for Raw and SmackDown. But uh, it does feel very much like they just sort of make up the show the day of and go, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. Um, but uh, this is something that was interesting to me. We had a matchup, and it was uh, AJ Styles versus Damian Priest, U.S. title. And AJ Styles takes a clean loss from Damian Priest here. And this was this was very interesting to me because the whole good and evil side of Damian Priest didn't really seem to be a, a factor anymore. AJ's taken a loss right before going into a world title match. Uh, Justin, I want your thoughts on, based on what we know now, what is kind of like the best route to WrestleMania for Damian Priest? 
Um, you know, to to go in as U.S. champion, you know, if he's going to lose it, I would, you know, you lose it to a guy like AJ. He didn't. So to go in, uh, pick up a few more wins, go in and have a big title defense. And whether that title defense is a big, big win and he still is a champion or if it's a big title defense and he loses, but then he, you know, the count that WWE's calendar year resets after Mania. And then maybe that's what then he drops that title, does that job and moves himself into a world title picture. Uh, but I did the, this was a fun match. They work well together. I, I went through this whole match nervous as a, as his priest fan. I was like, they're going to beat him tonight. They're going to, they're going to, he's going to drop the title tonight. They, you know, I, I thought it was going to happen. It didn't. The finish was really creative. It was kind of a unique finish. Um, mm-hmm. The Damien priest thing actually did. Jack. It was a brief moment. They, there, there was a moment where like he, he pinned styles one, two kick out. And then like, they had a good shot of his face and he was looked like he was having an issue and commentary sold it. And then he like, Woosad it a little bit and he, like so it, it kind of like su- subtly was telling the story of he's overcoming his Jekyll and Hyde or learning how to at least manage it um so yeah best case scenario is he goes in as champion find him a big opponent that's not named Stone Cold Steve Austin I guess <laughs> yeah. um yeah and, and I guess the opposite question to you Raj AJ Styles takes a pin before going into the elimination chamber do you think this is gonna help him going into elimination chamber or hurt him like because you know sometimes they'll lose right before a big win uh do you think it could be a case of him losing right before winning the title or do you think this is a uh could be a slippery slope for the phenomenal one i think they the way they positioned it is they've kind of already told you that aj riddle uh austin theory have no chance anyway it's really about brock and lashley so i don't think it it changes interest in the match or um you know uh who people are picking to win so eh, I, I think it, it was it was fine for what it was I, I do think Damian Priest needed the win I think if he lost here if AJ beat him that would be a sign that WWE has given up on him because you see that happen a lot where all of a sudden the guy is just losing all the time that was winning forever um, so he he needed this win he he couldn't have lost by DQ again because he, he went ape shit because that just makes him look stupid and that's been hurting him and so I, I thought this was the the right move, the right call. AJ shaking his hand. It just felt like finally they're elevating him. They need to drop that, you know, Jekyll and Hyde thing that hasn't been working. He's lost a lot of momentum and, you know, lost a lot of uh, fan reaction due to that. It was weird. It was like, everyone loves Damian Priest. Let's change him. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Real quick, uh, Rosario Lucar is asking, if we're doing a live podcast in Dallas after Mania, I mean, Justin, we we were talking about it. We'll 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 get back to you guys. <laughs> I don't uh, know when we'd be had able a, to. We've had a, a a meeting that's it's been delayed by like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but speaking of mania, we go we move on to Omos and Hurt versus the Hurt business. Uh, I get just kind of a quick Nether Omos win here. Uh, just kind of sticking with the same sort of things we've I've been asking. Uh, Justin Omos. Do you see him in WrestleMania? And if so, what do you think he's doing? He's He seems like he still has the momentum. It's just I don't know which way the momentum's going. I mean, even the momentum's cooled off. You know, they, they again, they they rushed to do the split with he and AJ. Then, you know, he had the, the typical big man spot in the Rumble where let's make everybody work together to get him out. Um, but he kind of disappeared, you know, in, in, in between all this. And he's in there tonight. I think he's on Mania. I, I think he's, if they do it still, he's probably like an Andre the Giant Battle Royal kind of winner. Um, he, look, he, he's a, he is a, he's one of the tallest and biggest athletes ever. I, I really, I honestly think probably maybe only 
second in terms of actual height to giant Gonzalez. Uh, I think, you know, he's not as big and wide and strong as Andre was, but he is taller. I mean, he is a sight to see. Um, he's right there with Big Show and, uh, and Giant Gonzalez, uh, but he is still green. You watch him. He's and I think that's I think that's where the apprehension. I think it's where the slow the, um, the 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 slowing the halting has been. Is this guy still green? I think he's doing some extra reps in the PC. Good. So you know, get him on Mania. Battle Royal, but um, uh, you know, it looked like at the start of January that maybe this guy would be somebody who they try to put in a um, marquee match. I don't think that they're ready to. I think they know that he's not ready to take on that just yet. I think him winning the Battle Royal makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Raj, if they do it, last year they had it. They did the Battle Royal on SmackDown. Well, the Battle Royal is very non-COVID friendly. Let's be honest. So that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, but, they, Raj, but it's it's also non-COVID friendly on SmackDown. <laughs> no, 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 it's different. COVID, <laughs> COVID didn't travel to SmackDown, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a Fox I joke, brand, I but... joke. Before somebody takes this clip out of way out of context, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Raj, I want to ask you about hurt business. Do you think? I feel like the internet still likes these two together, but. Do you think they could possibly be reheated and made legitimate, or are they kind of in dirty dog territory where their time is is come and gone? Yeah, I think if they got aligned with Bobby Lashley again, they could. Um, I think all it takes is one promo MVP bringing him back in, but it, it doesn't seem like they're. It, it's it's rare where you see WWE puts people back together after splitting them up, and and not only splitting them up but taking them way down the card. So, um, yeah, I just don't, this just seems like this is going to be their role for a while. It's too bad. They were super talented and, you know, Cedric's young guy, uh, is great in the ring uh, and he's shown, you know, when he was doing the heel turn with Shelton for a while, uh, he's shown he's got some personality. So I'd, I'd like to see them do more with him. When he was on 205 live was the time I was actually really watching 205 live because he was very entertaining sort of as the the head of that brand for a while uh zachary says in the chat would love to see brock and shelton as a tag team i love the idea of that i have a feeling brock's price tag is too high to put him in a tag team though yeah Uh, you can count the number of matches brock has done on tv on one finger since you know since he returned and that wasn't even really a match that was one move so he's an expensive, you know, Brock Lesnar matches are expensive. So you're not going to waste those on tag team matches. I don't think he's done a single tag team match since he's been back. Yeah, I feel like it'd be weird to see him in a tag team now that I think about it. Like sitting on the outside, reaching in for a tag. Hold right. the tag rope. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, <laughs> waiting for the hot tag. I feel like that would look weird. The beast. There, was, there was that little period where both he and CM Punk were managed by Paul Heyman. So I guess you could have done something then, but again, it just. But even that, that was in the time that was pro- like there's like the Brock's last decade has been like there's like two parts of it. There's the return post UFC 2012, yeah. where he came back and he yeah yeah he at first he wasn't with Paul then he was and Paul was also with Punk, and then there's the 2014, he beats Taker, fast forward to SummerSlam. He squashes Cena, Suplex City is born, and from that point on, it's been a different Brock. Once he beat Undertaker, yeah, completely different beast. 
Yeah, it almost seemed like it was, he was almost like being misused before that. Right. He, he, was like, he lost to Triple H. He yeah. lost to at WrestleMania. He lost he, to Cena in his first match back. He, which he still was. boggles that first match back. I was at. It was in Chicago, uh, April of 2012. I was there. It was at Chicago. It was and Cena like beat. You know, like I mean, it was. You know, they're using chain links, and it was weird. It was like it was an ugly match. I mean, ugly in a in a good sense. It was brutal. Like it was, right? yeah, yeah, it was. Brock came out. And Brock looked like he was. You know, it was. A, you know, remember up to that point, we'd only ever seen Brock in traditional wrestling short tights and boots, and he came out in the Jimmy John shorts and the the fighting gloves, and like it was. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a almost uncomfortable kind right. of physical violent match. It looked like Cena was going to die, and then Cena <laughs> super Cena and won. And uh, yeah, but yeah, for, for from like 2012 to 2014, it was like, what are they? And then yeah, he 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 put a Kimura on Triple H. Triple H is doing like executive meetings and his hand, his arms in a sling. He was like selling it. And then Mania 30 came and he broke the streak of Taker. He squashed Cena, and from that point on, they were on like a whole different level with the Brock Lesnar return. Yeah. Um. Someone else. Speaking of returns, uh, Lita, of course, is back, and she has a. A contract signing with Becky Lynch, and Becky's all disheveled with the idea that she has to face her former uh, idol growing up. I did think Becky had a great line here where she said, uh, They remember you with a smile on their face, but when I'm done, they'll remember you with a tear in their eye. Uh, Raj, I think this was one of Becky's best promos, and I think Lita knocked it out of the park. I thought Lita was really good. I, I don't know, Becky, when she was doing the whole distraught bit, I just wasn't buying it. Um, I didn't think it was one of her, her better moments, but I, I did at the end, it was, it was strong. And yeah, I think, I think Becky should destroy Lita personally. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, Jack, I'm glad you said that because that was, that was in my notes. I wrote down soundbite Becky. This one was a soundbite. The one she had, uh, earlier a few weeks or, you know, whatever it was where she was like, you know, there would be no Becky without Lita, but now there can't be a Becky and still be, or whatever it was like. She's uh, I don't know if she's writing her own stuff or if she's got one particular writer on the staff that she's, you know, in tune with. But uh, Becky's a soundbite machine right now. Yeah, I, this this to me, it really helped sell the match. So it made me a lot more excited to see it. So um, but we had another match in the women's division. And this one, this one took a little while. We had a gauntlet match to see who enters last in the elimination chamber for uh, the women's division. Rhea Ripley beats Nikki A.S.H. clean. Then she beats uh, Liv Morgan after a little bit more of a fight. Then she beats Dewdrop after quite a fight. And then after a pretty good last portion of the gauntlet, Bianca Belair gets the win. Uh, they, they shake each other's hands at the end. It's all good. Uh, Justin, does this make Bianca Belair the favorite in this match? Uh, I, I think she's definitely there. I, I just think like she's just the... She's just a steady, reliable uh, act of the women's division. Uh, that's not named Becky, not named Charlotte, uh, and it's it's you know they show that with her Royal Rumble performance that she's had the last couple of years. Um, I, you know, I, I commend them for trying to what they did with Rhea. I mean, Rhea's out there for over a half hour, or I think, 40, I think forty-two 40, minutes, forty. Yeah, like that. some a stat that I saw. Yeah, I mean, like, but I just I don't I don't believe that they even understand. I, I don't believe Rhea Ripley. Like, I feel like they look at Rhea like, okay, she looks different. This is something here, but they just don't. There's a disconnect. But yeah, Bianca, I think Bianca is, again, not named Charlotte, not named Becky. Uh, Bianca, Bianca is your, 
somebody I think to put stock into. And yeah, I think that she's got to be a favorite to come out of the elimination chamber for a marquee mania match. And, and I'm okay with it. I know she was big in mania. I know she had the big win last year, but I'm fine with that. I think she's still, I look at the crowd reaction. It's not piped in sound. The crowd reacts when she comes out. Mm-hmm. There are, there are people reacting to her and that's, that's what they need. Yeah. It seems to me like it's her and Becky at mania. So yeah. that would make yeah. sense that Bianca wins the elimination chamber and goes on to face Becky. Um, yeah. And I, I think Bianca should win that match too at, at WrestleMania. Rhea, uh, the, the thing with Rhea, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say with Rhea, kind of to Justin's point, is that they did give her a lot tonight, but I have no faith that this is going to continue for like two months of her booking her strong. Every time we seem to see her get a little bit of a push or a little bit of something, she ends up being taken down because I just feel like they don't know how to write for that character. What if they did something with her where like she has a good side and a bad side? <laughs> And can they can they coexist? Can they coexist? <laughs> she just loses her mind and gets DQ'd every match. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we need to look at here. Uh, Zach in the chat says, "Do you think heel Bianca would be great?" No, not now, no. but at some point down the road. Not now. she's just so lovable right now. Like it's it'd be it'd be very hard for me to boo her at this point. Um, but uh, we, as we continue on, um. We have a, uh, a a broga party that's happening throughout the show. Just I want to quickly touch on this. I thought this was fun. It was silly. It was one of those stupid things that I don't think really matters. But in an otherwise show uh, episode that kind of dragged, this was a, just a silly in between. Uh, anything you guys take away from the broga party that you found interesting? Any notes there? No. I mean, maybe th- maybe think of WrestleMania Nine, one of the worst WrestleManias ever. That was. The- that's one of them yeah for sure uh i like that one what what you like wrestlemania 9 i i think because i saw it when i was young and i just i liked how it looked and the vibe of it more i hated how it looked i don't like daytime wrestling i I I, like it it has to be at night i just like the big toga i'm a toga party guy okay (laughs) let me enjoy my toga parties oh man uh, so, but there was also another segment backstage and this I loved. I totally popped is like when this happened and that was Reggie and Brooke, uh, Dana Brooke, uh, and Dana Brooke saying, we're just friends and Reggie saying, that's cool. That's cool. And then pinning her and taking the title <laughs> from her. I thought this was fun. It was also silly and stupid, but it, it, it made me laugh. Uh, did you guys enjoy this, this little bit? The payoff's fun. The payoff is funny. He's yeah. mad that he's in the friend zone, and then when he gets the confirmations in the friend zone, he, he schoolboys are up. <laughs> um, I always laugh at WWE manufacturing their restaurant scenes. How they they, yeah. they, 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 they they go to the club level, whatever arena they're in, and they, they, they make it. I don't know. I just I know yeah. I'm, I know I'm talking about how the sausage is, is made to some people, but. <laughs> It's quite astonishing, quite honestly. The twenty four seven. If if you're our truth or in uh, Akira Tozawa, you've probably had but more consistent week to week featured booking on TV than a lot of others. All to just be part of this ridiculous gimmick that has become the conga line of of twenty four seven title. So whatever. And shout out to Chad Pat and the referee who 
as they're running through the the restaurant, he like stops and like pockets some free food. <laughs> I miss the day when they would go on location and like find a real restaurant to do this stuff at. Yeah. You, you know, like if they did the Austin Booker T grocery store thing now, they right. would just decorate a room, you know, in the basement of the arena somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, the ending was cute, but I'm just sick of it's this kind of same thing every week, week in, week out. This ending was a little different. Um, it, it was what it was. I think this was kind of when the Steve Austin news was out, so it was kind of, like, kind of hard to focus. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're you're watching a twenty four seven twenty four seven title segment going. Steve Austin's coming back to this. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have time to look at the news. I was watching this twenty four seven history making moment. Uh, speaking of history making moments and things that Raj likes to watch, uh, Alexa Bliss, she's cured. She's done. She's got her Lily doll with her, and she's coming to Elimination Chamber. Raj, walk us through all the Lily segments. Uh, that's yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> she got her doll back, so it, it, it's too bad because it looked like she was going back to old Alexa Bliss, but then they gave her the doll back. Yeah, this this uh, therapist, by the way, the biggest villain in all of pro wrestling right now because he was this close to getting rid of Lily. And then he gave it back at the end. Um, Justin, do you like her making her return in the elimination chamber? No, no, we, no, because we've seen these pre-tapes for over a month. I'm still surprised they've done, they had a, they had a, they made her disappear and Bray Wyatt got released. They had an easy out to just not, and they doubled down to go back to this. And then I don't like I, this. This might sound weird, but I'm. I'll just to be honest. I don't like her coming back in the chamber, in Saudi. I think Alexa's presentation is very key. We know just to again to just because you're in a different country, different culture, like the, they. they the, the women wear. I just I, I don't I don't like the rolling out of her first time being back on the TV is is in Saudi for this match. There's so much else going on in this match. I don't see her winning. I, again, I'm still shocked they're doing the storyline. She's not going to be. I don't know. I, I just don't like it. I, I don't. I, I would rather. I'd rather them have. I'd rather her have been cured, and then give me a graphic that says she returns to Raw in person next Monday, and that's the thing to look forward to for that Raw. Um, I don't think she needs to be a part of Elimination Chamber unless she's winning it, which I don't think is happening. So, yeah, yeah. Wrestling enthusiast in the chat says Raj didn't WWE trademark WWE Sunday Stunner? They did. That is true. They did. Yeah, and earlier this month and uh, Sunday Stunner. I mean, I don't think they're going to call night two of WrestleMania that because they trademarked it. It says Entertainment Services, namely a show about pro wrestling. So it's for a show. Maybe they're going to do something on WrestleMania Sunday with, you know, like a, they're calling that the pre-show. I don't know. I have no idea what it's for, but yeah, they did trademark that earlier this month. Yeah. That would be a very bad name for WrestleMania night too. Um, <laughs> I would not be into it. It'd be stupendous. Zachary says WWE really had a chance to reboot and scrap this. Yeah. yeah. I still think they do have a chance. The I'd be a- I would be okay with it 100% if she just came back and she didn't have Lily anymore. I'd say yes. I'm still okay with it. I still sign off on this. The the Lily stuff must sell. That must be a – that's the only thing I figure why they would not just abandon it. Like, yeah. Uh, I, there was this survey that this uh, site did, but 
where they said that the Lily doll was one of the all time best sellers. But if you look at their methodology, they're going by reviews and most of the reviews are just, you know, it's people going on there to be like, who would buy this? So, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not a sound survey. Yeah. Um, it's same people that did the, does Kevin Owens hate Texas survey? I'm sure. <laughs> um, Ray Mysterio or uh, the, the Mysterios versus uh, Alpha Academy. Um, really? Lo- I, I like, I, I like Gable on the microphone, but it felt like he talked a long time before this match started. Uh, Miz is Miz and Maurice there on commentary. Uh, Miz gets involved. Alpha Academy takes advantage and gets the win. And Miz attacks Ray after the match. Uh, this Justin, uh, I thought this was good. I mean, Alpha Academy gets a win. Ray, Mysterios are so, like protected. Miz gets to get some booze. You know, I think it was. It did everything it was supposed to. I'm not going to write books about it, but Chad Gable is a rising heel. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Shush. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I don't know. Are they building to, is it Miz and Mysterio? Or are they doing Miz and Mysterio yeah. Mania or Miz or, and uh, Dominic? At, uh, Miz and Mysterio Elimination Chamber was announced tonight. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just shocked that, they haven't gone farther with the mysterious splitting up. It seemed like that was going to be a WrestleMania match. It still could be. We still got six weeks to go, but um, yeah. Yeah. it has to be. It would it, feel kind of out of nowhere else. now, wouldn't it? Like, like because they they're not they're they're not really teasing it. Like they were teasing it a little bit to Royal Rumble, but now they're just yeah fine. I think Dominic he need, he needs a reboot a little bit. He's just kind of flailing, and I think him turning heel, getting a badass evil mask. You know, yeah, yeah, cool mask. And I, I think maybe I'm overthinking it. I think him going to NXT and joining Legado del Fantasma and getting away from, from Ray for a bit to sort of be on his own. Yeah, I, like that, I think would get him. I don't think that's part of Ray's deal. I think Ray's deal was I'm back. You're gonna get my son. I, I oh, it, it sucks that Vicky Guerrero is with AEW because I think what I mean they 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 mentioned it last week. You know, Eddie is such a huge part of. Ray's career and legacy, and then even Dominic being, you know, part of that whole storyline, you know, however many years ago was. Too bad Vicky's not available to be part to like for Dominic to turn heel and have Vicky, who's a heat magnet, to be like his heel manager. I think that like that and that'd be better than what Vicky's doing, honestly, in AEW. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think he's so tied to Ray. It's it's. I think it was good at first, but now it's he's just he's Ray. That's that's who he is and he needs to get beyond that. Cause Ray can't be there forever. Um, Donnie Cho in the chat says, could you please fantasy book a feud between Lily and Kenny Omega's blow up doll? Justin, I turn it to you for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, I know you have some plans here, so let, yeah. let's hear. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> have all the Kenny Omega stands all over me. Uh, Donnie, I mean, thanks for the 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> can't help you there <laughs> yeah i'm sorry just... lily's got magic power so yeah little doll is just a good worker right <laughs> <laughs> so if this so you say if this happens on nxt 2.0 then lily's getting this the win here right, yeah uh, lily doesn't put out the way the <laughs> oh my god uh so Farmer, we, we got to end this. Let's, we end the show. <laughs> let's get this. Let's get this done. Uh, Seth Seth Rollins versus uh, 
Randy Orton. Really good match. Ends with uh, Randy Orton getting the RKO. Alpha Academy interrupts track. Randy and Randy gets stomped and Rollins gets the win. Again, I, I like the match. Doesn't, I mean, the ending was obviously a shade of gray to protect everybody, but I think that's kind of what you need here. Uh, Raj, were you happy with how this one ended? Um, you, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, you they always want to protect Randy, so you're going to do that. I like that Alpha Academy is in that mix. I think Chad Gable's just been phenomenal lately. Uh, he's just really been coming into his own. He's been given that, you know, handed that ball and he's running with it. So, you know, I, I like that they were involved in the main event and again. So, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, you know, it's a, it is a former Mania match. I, I watched it in at 31 in, in, the, in California in, in, in Levi Stadium. I mean, it's I mean, it's really funny. It's kind of like WWE's kind of accepted the three hours. It's like, I don't want to say they book Raw like a Saturday night's main event, but it does, I mean, but in ways it does feel like they, they do put, they do put the, the the things they definitely want you to see. So they, they they want you to see Brock Lesnar out there. They want you to see all the chamber men's combatants, and and they want you to see this. So they put it up front, and, and there's a lot of other weeks you can go through every other week, and they put something that's like a good match in the main event, but it's not necessarily something that if you're uh, you know a casual on the fence week to week viewer, you're gonna stay up and stay in for or, you know like so. I don't know. So it's it's really made watching Raw a different kind of attitude. I, I literally me, I sit down and I'm I'm hyper focused the first like 30, 40 minutes of Raw. And I'm always taking notes, but then like I'm willing to go get a snack or put the kids to bed. I'm willing to do different things and like because I, I just I, I've come to figure out where their pressure points are, where where in the show they are going to tell you, hey, look at this, this is important, and then the other stuff that's kind of like I could read the Wrestling Inc. You know, Wrestling Inc. has a live um, recap, a live watch-along uh, story. <laughs> if I missed who jumped in on that segment, I can go on Wrestling Inc. real quick and, and write it on my notes and, and and find the YouTube video real quick, and I'm caught back up. It's this, it's a weird, it's a weird way to consume raw. Yeah, they definitely front load, and that's kind of the case for really all of wrestling right now. Is AEW it? Yeah, AEW for the most part. Their I mean, opening person. segment. Yeah, Punk mm-hmm. versus MJF was kind of an exception, but uh, lately the most important stuff's at the beginning. You know, the Keith Lee surprise, uh, Danielson versus Omega, uh, well, Omega too, and uh, Hangman Page, and then Rampage always same thing, which is understandable because they're on later, so you want to you know front load. So yeah, so you heard it, WrestleMania Night Two Premium Live Event, Stone Cold Steve Austin opening match. <laughs> <laughs> In a boneyard match. Uh, Zachary <laughs> says, uh, <laughs> do you think Edge and AJ will face each other at WrestleMania? That seems to be the rumor, but I don't have any reason. Edge has clout and he wanted that match. So, I mean, there's really nothing else that really pops out right now. Yeah. yeah. But, but Edge, I mean, AJ is kind of a baby face now. I will say there was a, in that opening segment tonight at Raw. I did get a, a little bit of vibe of AJ Austin theory. There was a little bit of a, an exchange and then it wasn't shot on camera, but you could hear it when Brock put his hat and coat and everything on Austin theory, kind of demeaning him as a coat rack. <laughs> AJ was the one who on Mike was like kind of running theory down. So again, if we, if we kind of all are accepting that neither of those two guys are walking out of chamber as champion. Um, and again, if my theory is right, that, Austin Theory needs a big match 
against a big opponent for Mania, you know, AJ Styles will do that. Because right. again, we know AJ Styles and Omos. Again, we they rushed it to the point of this is not going to be Mania. We we have different plans. So if AJ has, they have big plans for AJ at Mania. If it's not Edge, Austin Theory would be that. Yeah. Um, what about Edge versus Damian Priest? Like Ooh. getting someone younger over that's kind of already on the brink who who could just use that little more of a push. You know, if done right, that could that could be good. I'd be okay with yeah. that. I think Edge could go against anyone right now, and you'd say that's that's great. That yeah. and thanks to JTO ninety eight, you guys are the best. I watch the first minutes, twenty minutes of Raw, and then catch up with you guys. Well, thank you, appreciate thank it. You. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, this was a oh, and, and Zach in the chat says Riddle should walk out as champion. That's not happening. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't hold my breath for that, but um... Riddle versus Goldberg. <laughs> that would actually be pretty cool. I, <laughs> if they if they allowed real life to use their real life uh past stuff and they have footage of you know uh Goldberg approaching him backstage and stuff like that, uh then it could be good. But they're not doing that. They're not. Yeah. Um oh. bye Raj. Bye, Raj. Uh so uh, I, I think that does it for us, uh Justin. <laughs> Raj, he's done, he's over it. Um, but uh any final thoughts before we head into Elimination Chamber? Uh, final thoughts? Um, no, just... Uh, Raj, you were eliminated from the Chamber. You're out. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you look at you look at the card. I mean, it's it's Mania kind of status. It's a big card. It's a stacked show. Um, so it'll... It's, and again, I'm glad that it's all relevant to Mania. It's all, you know, it's all relevant. What happens is going to affect Mania and Glad. So it's going to make next Monday very important. Um, I'm really interesting to see how they handle that men's chamber match because I I just feel like having title versus title does make Lesnar versus Roman bigger, but it also gets rid of one world title match for for a two night event. Right. Uh, So, I mean, I'm actually it's gonna make next Monday even bigger here with Raw. What's going on? Um, So, no, I mean, there's a lot going on. And then, God, I mean, this just really in the last three hours, this Austin Stone Cold stuff just you know which obviously occupied a lot of our conversation and so who knows <laughs> you know it's it's 12 30 on the east coast right now in the morning i have no idea what 12 30 tuesday afternoon is going to hold 12 hours from now we we might have a confirmation that austin's gonna be on raw next week and so i, I mean this is a this is a crazy time <laughs> yeah for all the stuff that's going that for everything we say week in and week out wwe does have a way of pulling out these shows and just making them seem incredible because this show Day one was an incredible show. Like on paper was an incredible show. This on paper is an incredible show. Mania is looking like it's going to be an incredible show. Yeah, I, I'm excited for Elimination Chamber. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, we are going to do, there's going to be an NXT after show, Wrestling Inc. tomorrow. There's going to be an AW Dynamite after show on Wednesday. There's going to be the all new Wrestling Inc. Uh, Thursday chitter chatter Thursday show. Right. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking Cobra Kai season four, uh, elimination Ooh. chamber preview, and uh, the wrestling news of the week. Oh, so definitely check out that one. That one gets a lot of good reviews. If you're in this chat and you haven't checked that out yet, make sure to check it out. Uh, and of course, Friday is the doubleheader SmackDown Rampage after show, and then we're gonna have a uh, elimination chamber after show on Saturday. No rest for for Wrestling Inc. Just no nonstop. Rest. 
keeping it going. Yeah, it'll uh, be on early. Remember, Eliminations Chamber starts at noon Eastern, so the podcast will probably be like 3.30, as soon as it's over. Yeah, a perfect way to wrap up your afternoon. Check all that, that out. And, of course, Austin, coming back, stay tuned. Follow at Wrestling Inc. on social media. Also, follow at Justin Labar. Follow at Raj Geary underscore 303. And follow at Real Jack Farmer. That does it for us. Thank you to don't everyone. Follow, don't follow the at Raj Geary that's out there on Twitter. Follow the one that's underscore 303. <laughs> and whatever don't, you do, don't fall for don't the, follow the other 302 one. Yeah, don't, don't follow, follow the imposters. Don't follow 301. Don't, 300's <laughs> fine. Don't follow 299. I'm going to get Raj verified. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but thank you to everyone in the chat. Michael, Ricky, Killer, Night One, Tim, Bernie, Azel, everyone. Thank you so much. That does it for us. We'll see you guys in the boneyard. No, next time. <laughs> what? <laughs> for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.